Welcome to After Pulse, the extra podcast from the host of the Community Pulse. Let's hear what your hosts are talking about in this episode. Wesley, good episode. I think that there are fewer differences. This is my take just based on everything that was said. There are fewer differences in when comparing internal versus external DevRel than most people would assume, I think. I didn't realize all the aspects of how it's actually harder to do internal DevRel than do an external. I, I didn't, didn't even occur to me until I, I heard the stories. Well, it's it, that, that, was, that was why I had that question, like as far as parallels, because it seems like when you're doing external DevRel, you have a communal sense or a, a focused goal that the community wants to get to, you know, whether that be, you know, we want to build better open source software, or we want to make this particular language cooler and better or whatever it is. Um, Whereas internally your goal is more um, team specific and it can be 18 different goals in, in all reality, making up the one goal of how do we build this software? How do we build this application in a better way? Yeah, you, I think, you know, when we talked about our, our in our OKR and kind of metrics episode, talking about how, me, how you measure success, I guess this is an environment where you can actually have a finite number of developers that you're reaching to. And so any conversion or movement, you can have almost like a perfect metric of how well you're doing. Um, but that in itself also can make means that your job is <laughs> that much harder because you, you instead of like, getting what you get when you do external DevRel of like you do a talk and people come in, you, you, you write a blog post, people come in, you put in some sample code and people come in. Your, 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 your pond is so much bigger when you're fishing for developers that way, instead of internally where it's, it's more of a, it's a barrel, but you got to use your hand. And so exactly, uh, it, it's, it makes it so much harder. Yeah. I, th- I think that part of it too is, is, you know, when we talk about external communities, they are, sure they're ever changing and ever moving there's new people and there's old people um but a lot of times when when you join a community you're part of a community um and i'll use aja as an example i met aja at the first ever ruby conference i went to and aja is still a major player in the ruby community even though she focuses on different she focuses on different things in at google but nonetheless like she's a part of that community she'll always be a part of that community internally it doesn't work that way um, internally, you know, because we've both been at jobs where we were part of an internal community and we've left those jobs and are lo- no longer part of that internal community. Um, our contributions may be lasting, they may not. And so it's difficult to kind of gauge like, you know, how much do you advocate for something amongst team members when someone might be a short timer and might just be like, I don't care about this and, and you're not going to get my buy-in on this and I might poison the well because of it. Um which might, might, you know, I don't want to look at it always negative or just like, you know, hey, I started with this idea and I started to build it and I fully encompass what's going on, but now I'm leaving to go do a different thing. And, you know, you may or may not have a new person right away. They may or may not have the same level of excitement for this new technology or technique or whatever it is. Um, so you're kind of like, you know, it's, we talked, you know, going back to, like you said, the OKRs and, the, and tactics and KPIs and things like that, but this is like ever moving goalposts. Like, you know, it could be that you you work with a group of, let's say 20 developers and you have them all convinced that the, the next big thing is, is Docker on the cloud and then five of them leave and they were the five that were most into the idea. And yeah. You're like, oh shit, now what do I do? Yeah, it's just um, the, the, the difference between internal and external is just, it felt like external, 
you're a motivational speaker, but when Kevin was explaining it, um, he sounded like a school counselor. Right, like you're persuasive. Holding the hand and like really doing things that are so, so micro instead of macro of the hand holding, the the care and feeding of, and the development of the developer themselves um, and trying to do what's best for them and also what's best for the company all at the same time. Uh, I, I, th I think it's, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, it seems like you have to have some of the same skill sets, but you have to use it so much differently when you're internally Absolutely. Uh, focused. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think part of that is, 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 and we touched on this a bit was it's the culture. Like if you're, and I know that like, I hate to say that cause it's such a loaded term yeah. company culture, but like, I mean, in the greater sense of company, the way company, maybe company behavior is a better way to say it. Um, if you, if you're in a company that, you know, people are like, this is a job, it's my nine to five. I'm not, I don't feel like a contributor. I don't feel like I'm part of something bigger. I'm here to write some code and call it a day. And that, I mean, I've worked at places where that's very much the attitude and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but those people, you could be like, all right, well, we're going to switch to um, Slack instead of campfire. And people are like, eh, I don't care. Mm -hmm. Or they're like, I, I refuse. I'm going to stay in IRC. Right. Um, you're never like those people that treat it like a job will never be empowered or feel empowered to make decisions or contribute feedback or be part of the team or anything like that. And that's a huge negative. And I think that's like a huge hurdle for people that do internal DevRel is understanding that a not a, a not every culture is going to be the same and b even when you understand the internal behavior of your company it doesn't mean that everyone has bought into that concept yeah like you said you could have that very passionate user uh, who's very bought in to the current way of doing things that will burn it down and saying well if it doesn't have dark mode i'm not going to waste my time trying to move over to the new platform, whatever, just throwing that out there. So yeah, you have to cater to everyone. So all the whole spectrum of people and it's finite. You deal with those people and you don't get to choose and move on to the next group is saying, oh, I didn't make any progress. You guys got to keep going. And and that is your job is to keep engaging, keep dialogue. And I, I love what Aja brought up about the company acquisitions and have having to do so much listening on both sides before uh, speaking and even trying to assert an opinion. I think that that was extremely wise um, approach that I think shows volumes of about how sensitive and how deliberate and um, how you have to come with a plan and a strategy and you can't just haphazardly just start doing things. Right. Absolutely. And I think that that gets coupled with the, uh, the idea of empathy, like, which, I mean, if you think about the first step in empathy is really listening and, and, and this goes, I think beyond DevRel or anything else. What was that? Hilarious. Um, but like, ser seriously, like empathy is, uh, you can't understand someone else's point of view or someone else's perspective. You can't even begin to be empathetic with their situation if you can't listen to them. Um, and I think that maybe that's the, the biggest difference between internal and external DevRel is a lot of times with external DevRel, you're pontificating, you're pushing the idea out there. And with internal DevRel, and I know this seems a little too like on, you know, on the terminology, but you're internalizing what people are doing and putting it in a way that makes it more pal palatable to the larger group. Yeah. Persons instead of personas. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, which I feel like maybe... You know, in some ways, external DevRel can kind of learn from that because it's not, 
necessarily about, you know, the buildup of your personality and where you stand. Maybe more people, instead of talking, should listen in their communities externally. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the value of each individual developers is equal to even the rock stars, if you consider them all team members. So, yeah, I, I think we we can all take a little bit of that with us to, to focus more on the developers with names and making sure that they have faces and identities. That's not just a big mass. I think that's true also in kind of, cause we talk about developers a lot, but I think that's true in the DevOps community. And you've seen a lot of movements and a lot of talks and blog posts about, you know, the hero element of things, you know, with, with developers, we call them rock stars, but in DevOps, it's, you know, the person who comes in and saves the day because, you know, the whole server system was on fire and they put it out and they solved the problem every time. It's actually a negative connotation. Um, having a hero means that you didn't prepare. Um, you know, having a rock star means that you're not equitably dealing with your development team. Um, and, and there's no value. There's no value to that. Um, people need, don't need to be es escalated to higher levels in order to prompt them up. They need to be empowered with what they do. And the whole team needs to be empowered for what they do. That example reminds me, I'm just somewhat related to the DevOps is that it's a imbalanced incentive structure that they incentivize people solving problems rather than people preventing problems. Um, and uh, and when you have that misbalance of incentives, it's easier just to put it out there and let it fail. So you can be up there, be be the one to spend an all-nighter to, to, to save it because that gets more recognized than those that spend hours writing the tests and catching the problems. Right, right. And it's, it's, it's the same way in, in code. The person who like, you know, hacks together the easy project as a proof of concept and says, look, there it works compared to the person who actually spends the next six months making it work properly as yeah. it continually falls over. That, that person who spent the six months never gets the credit. It's, it's, the, it's the MVP or it's the, you know, that kind of attitude. So I think that like kind of the job of external, of internal DevRel, which is most difficult is saying like no MVPs. Um, this is a team. Yeah. And one sure, thing we, we all have our, we also, we all have our shiny moments, but like, you know. <laughs> a question we didn't get to that we talked about is that all of this work is behind the scenes and it's not public. It's so not uh, seen. Yeah. And so all the work that people do internally, they can't use that to say, hey, look at all the stuff I did with my previous company because you, they'll, they'll, no one will ever see that because it won't be public. Right. It kind of goes back to developers. I, I, I talked to a lot of developers who are like, well, I worked so hard on this project, but it's all private behind the uh, behind the GitHub wall of the company. So it looks like I haven't done any code for two and a half years. It's like, well, yeah, that's the tough part. Um, but I like, you know, maybe maybe we should have another episode on like, how, how do you become seen when you are an unseen person? Um, how do you, if you're even external DevReller, which by the way, Aja kept saying DevReller. I love that term. Can we keep that? Let's get rid of all the other titles and just say DevReller. I love it. Um, but like if you're if you're in the DevRel world and you're working for it, like sometimes you have, you know, like I know a lot of the folks at certain companies are given talks or they develop the talks, but the talk is owned by the company, not by the individual. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how do you say, like, yeah, I gave this great talk at this place, but I don't I can't tell, like I can't deliver that for you because I don't own it. Um yeah. Like, so maybe we need to look at like how exactly we uh, get our own work to be to to shine when we're behind these uh, these walls, so to speak. That is a great idea. I have some ideas. We'll talk about it offline. 
This has been another episode of After Pulse with Mary Thankful at Mary underscore Grace on Twitter. Jason Hand at Jason Hand on Twitter. PJ Haggerty at Asplenic on Twitter. SJ Morris at Sarah Jane Morris on Twitter. And Wesley Faulkner at Wesley83 on Twitter. Learn more at communitypulse.io or at community underscore pulse on Twitter. We'll see you next time.